Welcome to the Field Trip Podcast. My name is Brent Terhune, and last week we talked about Christmas specials. So we're keeping in line with that theme this week with A Christmas Story. And by that, I mean the movie A Christmas Story. Uh, joining me once again, he's been a return guest, or is a return guest, Mr. Jeff Oske. Hola, como esta? Uh, bien. Feliz Navidad, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, and then I don't know if I don't remember I've been on his show, but I don't know if he's returned the favor by being on the field trip. But Mr. Matt Holt. Uh, yeah, my first time. I don't have a show, uh, Brent. So well, I, I did you, your I uh, your little uh, live stream show. You did do my live stream show. That's before true. it got and canceled. I, I don't know how a live stream show gets canceled, but somehow you got a letter in the mail. <laughs> yeah, my my landlord wasn't happy with it, so uh, we had we had we had a talk, and it's no longer happening. Falling out. Well, the, it's not in the least. There's history to this lineup, and most of you, I venture, you wouldn't know, but this was uh, my first podcast was with these two guys, Matt and Jeff mine as well. On a, oh yeah, a little show called the Interweb Pod Show, the best named podcast in the history of podcasts. What? Wait a second, Oski, did you, had you forgotten about that? Because you seemed surprised. Uh, I, I, I thought it was. I thought. I still wanted to call it number 72 with Snopees. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of back and forth on that. And then I think we agreed that parenthetically we're going to call it in a web pod show with Snopees, but it never happened. Yeah. Never happened. So that, and that was back. I was still in college. We got to use a professional recording studio. And now here we are in our own homes on Zoom. We've come a yeah. long way. It's been downhill, <laughs> but we've come a long way. Yeah, we have. Uh, that was, uh, I still venture to say the Interweb Pod Show is one of the best names for any podcast ever. I agree. Um, and how it hasn't just like the merch sold itself, even without <laughs> there being a podcast, I don't know. <laughs> That now you just I, um, we're finding all these bootleg merch sites still with the interweb pod show. I uh, I look I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I thought the podcast was pretty damn good too. Yes, yeah, it I was. don't remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was it was a you know, it it was like one of those first forays and to podcast. It was us and Mark Marin. And you right. know, Marin, it's all politics. He took off. We the He's band broke up. Yeah, we decided to stay away from politics, and it totally went to shit. We should have yeah. picked a lane. <laughs> we should have, yeah. Polit <laughs> politics won't get you anywhere. Says I me. will say but, this uh, about our podcast: the 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 audio quality top notch, absolutely great. And then everything from there kind of dropped off, like the content. <laughs> The hosts, the every, but the audio quality, I'd put that up against anything out there. Occasionally we'd have a guest and that was pretty good. Oh yeah. It was, yeah. it was, it was your favorite guest. Um, man, uh, James I, Sibley, we had a comedian named James Sibley and it was only funny because he had to walk through the, the parking lot of the <laughs> university and it was like two football fields. And then he comes up the elevator and he just looks at us huffing and puffing and goes, y'all suck. 
<laughs> I do remember that. It was like August. It was hot as hell. Yeah. On a black top. Yeah. yeah. And he's wearing like a button-up long sleeve shirt and, and jeans. And yeah, that, he was and that, not happy. Um, that was before the episode even started. I don't remember what right. happened, but I just remember it being funny. I remember before we had that. Stuart Huff on a couple times. That was that was good. It was fun. Oh, yeah. Stuart's been on the show uh, talking about junk collecting. That episode's available in the archives. But uh, yeah, just uh, one of those things where you're messing around. We it was never like we had a, a mission statement for the podcast. It was just talking. Yeah, I loved it. I did too. I enjoyed it. Well, let's re uh, guys. I told you before. Let's recreate that magic. And I like as I used this line before. But usually when you wait this long for. Uh, a reunion it sucks so yeah we will try to not suck on this episode hey, at least this is a reunion with the original members that's a good thing yeah usually it was uh you know where i don't know i was trying to think of somebody that was brought in the last minute on the band but i'm not that good at improv I, well you got so. acdc and they had uh axel rose I would take Axl Rose. I would bump I, any two of you. I would bump both of you to have Axl Rose on the show. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, I didn't know I could have a stand-in or I wouldn't have been here. <laughs> I would have I hired this out for the night. Well, let's talk about our, our topic at hand is a Christmas story. Are you guys, is this, I just asked you guys randomly to be on. So I didn't ask, are you fans of this movie? Do you like it? What do you guys have to say about it? Matt, you want to go first? Sure. Um, when the movie first came out and I saw it in the, in the theater, I loved it. I thought it was great. Knew it was going to be a classic. And then when, when Turner bought it and then started playing it on a loop, like for 48 hours or whatever it is, it, it lost some of it. But it still stands up as, I think, a classic. But I, I'm kind of tired of it now. I put it that way. So it's 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 fitting that I asked you to be on the show. Are you tired yeah. of this movie? Let's talk about it. I'm not tired. Of, I mean, it just now it's just so it's so overplayed. I understand what they're doing, and it's great because, you know, I I remember many times on Christmas just having that in the background, and it's kind of cool. But, you know, we're all well. No, Oscar and I are men of a certain age. I'm older, but uh, I like to nap. So on Christmas, when I nap and I wake up and it's 20 minutes sooner in the movie than when I fell asleep, it's fucking jarring. <laughs> so it creates some concerns and I'm not sure what my mental capacity is. So it's not always cool. Jeff, do you have the same feelings? I, uh, yeah, I mean, I've always liked the, uh, like the first time I saw the film, it was one of those like, Oh my God, this is one of the funniest films I've ever seen. You know, like it was an instant, like, oh, this is brilliant. And then, uh, yeah, like the 24 hour running, you know, for that week or whatever, or two days or Christmas day, I actually, uh, like, I don't know what order the movie goes in anymore <laughs> because yeah. I've just, you know, you walk in the room and you're like, oh, this scene's great. And then you walk out and like you said, you may walk in three hours later and you don't know if it's earlier in the movie or later. Oh, this, <laughs> this seems great. I forgot about this. And then I, I watch, I've watched it not in order all day long. So for many days, so I have no you've, idea the actual order anymore, but you've turned it into, into a Tarantino film. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's Zed shot his eye out, baby. And then they <laughs> speed off of it. It's kind of like listening to an audio book on shuffle. 
Right. Where I've made that mistake where I'm like, oh, I didn't know he died <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> uh, but this this movie came out in uh, 1983 uh, and it was directed by a guy named Bob Clark who directed Porky's. Which I had never seen that movie, but I know it's oh. like one of those big, you know. It's, I've um, never seen it either. Okay, you've Matt, never have seen you... Porky's. Awesome. No, I wasn't allowed to. Uh, like that was like, like I I was very nothing but PG. Like I think oh. I saw one of my babysitters let me watch Police Academy, the very first one, and there was like titties in it, and it yeah. like blew my mind. But Porky's was like, oh, that's probably got a lot of titties in it. Wow. And I never got to see it. But then wow. I, and I'm sure you were going to point this out, Brett. Uh, the only reason Christmas Story got made was because he wanted to make Porky's 2. Or they wanted him to make Porky's 2. And he goes, no, I want to make this movie I've wanted to make for 15 years. And uh, they're like, no, we need a Porky's 2. And he goes, not without a Christmas Story. And they're like, all right, fucking make your stupid movie. Yeah, well, you know, they're not showing Porky's 2 24 hours a day, unless it's in my house, by the way. That's your Christmas tradition? <laughs> Fucking Porky's Christmas two. story, Porky's 2 all day long. All and that, that's being said, I've never seen Porky's 1, but uh, I caught up pretty fast on Porky's 2. Yeah, he, well, they do a good recap at the beginning of the film. So Previously on Porky's. Yeah. Uh, and it just, it's just moves. <laughs> Just the, yeah. Uh, also, what Bob, is Porky's about, Matt? Since you're the Porky's connoisseur. Porky, okay, so Porky's, man, it's gonna be hard for me to remember this because I literally was just about boobs. Oh, okay. it was about high school kids, and they're trying to get into this 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 nightclub called Porky's, and there's a bunch of it's it's a big hangout. So there's a bunch of hot chicks there, and they're trying to score, but then it's also about them. Um, drilling holes in the shower walls in the in the high school gym to look at watch the girls shower. It's you know in the, in a pre Cosby world, it's pretty it's pretty uh, pretty good. It sounds like one of, when you watch Revenge of the Nerds and the guy tricks the uh, the girl yes. into having sex and then he takes the mask off and it's like gotcha. You're like yeah, raped you. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? He does not hold up well. Well, Ed, that's right. I don't know. Just talking about comedies and watching comedies, it's like I think that the thing that ages the worst is comedy in general. Oh yeah. I mean, well, I'll give you a prime example. Oscar and I, along with Jeff Bodart, used to do a radio show every Monday night. And there was one Monday where we left we left the station and we went to the movie theater in Shelbyville, Indiana, and we saw the movie Wedding Crashers, and laughed uncontrollably. And that movie today, no way that gets made. There's no way that movie, it's problematic in today's society, in today's woke society of yeah. guys that are, you know, crashing weddings to have sex with women. Well, now and, you can't say nothing no more. You can't <laughs> raw dog a, a bachelorette no more. Nothing. It's, uh, but I think you're right. I think that comedy is one of those things that, um, has not held up over time just because of the way society is today. And some of it rightfully so. You're like, okay, absolutely, you should have done that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, I wanted to point out another movie that Bob Clark did, and this is just for horror fans of the show. He also directed a movie called Black Christmas, which was one of the early call coming from the house movies. And, uh, you know, 
horror fans will say it's one of the uh, the quintessential slasher movies. Really, I don't know that one. Is it it's, a Christmas film? Yeah, it's it's set during Christmas in a sorority house. It's got Margot Kidder. I almost said Robbie, but that would be the wrong Margot. That'd uh, be Margot better, Kidder. Yeah. It's it's a darker movie because I think her character's like, oh, I'm gonna get an abortion, and her boyfriend doesn't want her to have it. Um, and then then you get like Wait, this the abortion of the baby, both. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very complex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it, then, you know, somebody escapes from, I think a mental, a men, mental institution <laughs> and, uh, gets is or in the attic of the house and is killing the sorority girls and making calls from within the house. Oh, wow. So I would, if you're a horror fan, I would definitely tell you to check it out because I think it's good. Okay. Uh, and they just did the, uh, a quote unquote remake of it last year, black Christmas, uh, which I think huh. is different. I'm not seeing it yet, but, um, we can go into the, some of the history in the late 1960s, a Christmas story director, Bob Clark was driving to a date's house when he happened upon a broadcast of uh, Gene Shepard, who narrates this movie, wrote mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the stories. Uh, so found this radio broadcast uh, about growing up in Indiana in the thirties and forties. So essentially he drove around in his car for an hour, listening to this radio show with his date, in the car, which is what you want to do when you're on a date is listen to some, some guys, Christmas stories. Right. Baby, shut up. I'm trying to hear this. Yeah. Well, and, uh, <laughs> I did go back and, and listen some, a lot, a lot of these radio broadcasts are on YouTube and it's, it's very much, you know, what the movie, he calls his dad, the old man, the whole story. Like, wow. it's, uh, he's a good, just a good speaker in general. And so he's, he stole this dude's shit. Well, he, they worked together, and uh, oh, Bob okay. Clark was on set, and eventually he was trying to direct people on set, the actors, and eventually they had to ask him leave to leave the set because he was trying to direct, you know, after the director would walk away. <laughs> really? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he's from Hammond, Indiana, which we're all okay. three from Indiana. The only time I've been to Hammond is to see a concert at the casino up there yeah, as far I know, as I know. Well. yeah but it's i don't even know what I, i'm assuming since you said up there that it's north of indianapolis <laughs> yeah hammond isn't far from merrillville oh okay so yeah yeah it's 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 that same crown point kind of area oh yeah. okay almost to gary indiana yeah I've, yeah. Done, I've done a show or two up there uh, that was the uh, only time I've ever seen Weezer was in Hammond, Indiana. Really? Wow. Yes. But that was, there's a casino up here, you said? Yeah, I, I think it's called the Horseshoe. Nah, I don't even know what it's called anymore. But uh, yeah, I it was an odd choice, I thought, for Weezer to play a concert at a casino. But yeah, we wrote Money you know? pays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And it was also weird that I've never seen this happen before at a concert. The the lead singer of Weezer's, his name is Rivers Cuomo. Um, and he was just out on stage before the show started tuning up. So you could just see the lead singer right there before the it even started, which I've never seen that. But you never see, you know, no. back to Axl Rose just tuning up before <laughs> the show starts. No, I've, was I've, late I've, for sound I've, check. I've gone into a... <laughs> Yeah, I've seen sound checks before, but not like right before the show. 
yeah, he was just walking around on stage and it was dark, but everybody was like rivers. Uh, <laughs> but the movie made uh, 19 million dollars at the box office, but it was uh, booted by these two holiday classics, Scarface and Christine. Well, Scar- Scarface does have a lot of snow in it. <laughs> so, and, and what was the other one? Christine, the the John Carpenter car movie. Yeah, I I just rewatched that probably in the last six months. Um, I remember seeing that as a kid. I remember, I remember seeing that in the theater as well. Yeah, I just rewatched it. I think around Halloween, and uh, yeah, I've been to conventions where you can get your picture taken with the car. Oh, oh, yeah. I was at that convention last year. I okay. saw it in the car. Did you get your picture taken with Christine, Jeff? No. No, 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 no. It's always have, weird when somebody I don't have name getting my picture taken with car money. <laughs> it's not just I didn't either, by the way. Uh, but it's yeah, I. It's always weird to me when somebody will name their car and then refer to the car as the name. Right. Oh yeah. Especially around people that don't know they've named the car that. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> It's like, why don't, we, uh, why don't we go out and sit in Betty? I'm like, how big is Betty? How are we sitting in Betty? <laughs> so I'm in, do that. I'm in Christine, right? And you're like, what? <laughs> and I'm I'm playing with her knobs and stuff. And, <laughs> I mean, she needs an air freshener. You know, checking the fluids, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I've never named a car, have you? No. The uh, Every car I drive is just called the Brentmobile. It's like Air Force One. Whatever car I'm in. That's Air Force One, but the Brentmobile. Yeah, I'm glad to see that you're staying pretty level-headed. Yeah, I, I don't want to get too crazy with it. <laughs> Every one of my cars is just called piece of shit. <laughs> is, is that why when I looked at the back of your car, it just said POS on it? Oh, like that's exactly what that is. That's, that's, that's why I have that decal on all my cars. Didn't we have, Jeff, didn't we have the same car at some point? Uh, maybe. I mean, I think we both, we both were pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, I think we were both driving same color, uh, the same Grand Prix. I think oh, we yeah. both had. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that was yeah. that car was dope. I wish that was I, a great car. That was the best car I've ever had. I wish I had my Grand Prix back before. I, that was the best car in snow I've ever had because it was so wide. That was a yeah. great car. Yeah, that's I put, what I told. I put two hundred seventy thousand miles on. Was in snow. Uh, well, b- back to our uh, our guest. On oh, sorry. And a web pod show. No, James Sibley, the guy that, you know, yeah. you suck. His uh, yeah. intro question when you first meet him, if you've never met him before, is what's your first car and what's your, was it your first concert first or concert. favorite concert? Yeah. First concert and first car you ever had. Best, best green room banter ever because it, it broke that ice from, from the beginning. So, Matt, what yeah. do you got? Best, uh, you know, first car, first concert. First concert was uh, Sticks, and my first car uh, that I drove because I my first car that I actually had it, we traded it before I got my license, but the first car I drove was a 1977 Plymouth Volare four door uh, maroon. Is, is that a nice car? I don't I don't know. It was I mean it was I got my license in '85, <laughs> so it was not eight years old when I got it. Um, yeah, it was a nice four-door car. It was a little boxy car, but yeah, it was a little party wagon. It was great. It was dependable, and yeah, what about you? What did you name her, by the way? 
didn't name or didn't know didn't know about the naming thing. I give my cars ad, uh, adverbs or no, not goddamn it pronouns. Yeah. I, I, what's your adjective? That that's what I I don't go pronouns. Yeah. I go adjective. And Jeff, what's yours? Uh my first car was a 79 Cutlass Supreme that was all white and dope as shit. And then my first concert, I believe, was Henry Lee Summer and John Mellencamp at, or Johnny Cougar, as we called him back then, <laughs> Coog, uh, at the State Fair, I think, was my first uh, concert. Was uh, That's a good show. Was Henry Lee at which reminds me? I told your joke the other day. Uh, one of my, one Matt Holt at an open mic one night uh, gets up there and he goes, uh, "Oh no! If you guys saw the news today, uh, Henry Lee Summer uh, he was high on meth and uh, he was pulling into his trailer park and he he had nine cars on the way back to his trailer. That's the most hits Henry Lee Summer has had <laughs> in at least fifteen years. Uh, <laughs> oh my god." I laughed so hard <laughs> to this day. I've not, I've not forgotten it. And and in case I don't know, I'll, just real quick. I know we're talking Christmas story. No, no, go ahead. But Thanksgiving three years ago, uh, I'm at my girlfriend's uh, aunt's house. I'm making a plate. I'm in the line, putting you know the yams and shit. And to my left, I look over and there's this dude who's like six foot seven, and he's got like hair down to his waist. And uh, his clothes are falling off of him. He's so skinny. And I look, and I go, oh, my God, you're Henry Lee Summer. And he goes, yeah, man, what's going on? <laughs> and, uh, and he fixes his plate, and he sits down next to me at Thanksgiving at her aunt's house. Wow. And come to find out, he lives in her basement. Wow. So he was like, nice to meet you, and just got up and went back down to the basement. <laughs> wow. I didn't know of trailer parks had basements. I go, I go, I go, <laughs> nice. honey, like, you got to tell me if we're going somewhere where Henry Lee Summer's in the basement. You can't, <laughs> like, spring that shit on me. Like, that's that's like, hey, by the way, my aunt has Henry Lee Summer living in her basement, so don't be surprised if while you're fixing a plate today, he pops up to say hey for a minute. Like, yeah. You would think they would To say that. hey, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Now, did did you talk to him, Jeff, or was yeah, there a conversation? Yeah, a nicer guy. Like, well, he was talking to like the grandma and grandpa were like, "So you're still working on your music?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm working on a new song or two. and they're like, "Oh, that's great!" Like, he was super nice. That, that's it, awesome. Could not have been a nicer guy. Now, but is to, he still in the basement? Yeah, he live he lives in their basement. Really, like currently still? Uh, probably. Okay. Well, I didn't. I don't know if you I, obviously maybe didn't come, know things. Come to find out, come to find out, my girlfriend's <laughs> uncle is Henry Lee Summer's brother, and he he lives at his brother's basement. Huh? You know, there. I mean, was there anyone bigger coming out of Indianapolis than him in, in the in the the late mid to late eighties? Like he was huge. No, there's never he been was, anyone bigger come out of indie rock and roll wise. I mean, the closest I can think of is maybe the Y Store. No, he was but, bigger. He was on VH1, yeah, he baby. On, yep, he was on Columbia Records. He had a couple of hits. He was touring. They gave him a tour bus and all this kind of stuff. I mean, he was, the world he, like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, my, it sounded different than that. But. 
No, I know I'm better, but I don't need to brag. My uh, first car, first concert is not doesn't come with a story. Like I should have, I should have went and then let you go, Jeff. Uh, but my first car uh, was a truck, eighty an eighty-seven Silverado. I just found a picture of it and look like it was one of those short bed ones, and it was like I think it had eighty thousand miles, and you know after being on the road 20 years it's a cool car i wish i still had it even though it's like the gas guzzling had two gas tanks and when you're uh, 16 you don't really have enough money to fill up one gas tank let alone two <laughs> yeah yeah that, that reserve tank is wasted on a on a kid that has a part-time job for sure yeah working at arby's what uh, what color was it it was a, a two-toned red on top and it had the like a cream on the bottom. If I can find that picture again, I'll post it online. Dude, that, that'd be sweet. And yeah. How'd was, you come about that? Was that it was, like a hand-me-down or did you buy it or what? Yeah, hand-me-down forever. It was my dad's truck. And then, you know, parents were divorced at that time. So I think he saw a way in uh, and gave me a truck. Uh, and then eventually I got a, I got a Honda. So he, he took the truck back. You know, I, I think it was, a, I don't know, it was an unspoken loan. But uh, <laughs> Judge Judy would probably find it in his favor. Yeah, well, she would have told me to get a job or a better job and then right. give the car back. And my first concert was Metallica and Godsmack at uh, 2002, maybe. I think I you know, might that's win. That's awesome. Yeah, you win that. No, it was it was 2005, maybe. But that was a great show. I still have not seen Metallica live. Uh, it's, it's worth it. They just did like an online acoustic, uh, show and I didn't watch it. Uh, but I'm sure it'll be, it'll be available somewhere. That's why I didn't watch it, but I did buy the shirt for the show cause the art was really cool. So there you go. I, I supported the band and then I didn't, I downloaded them on Napster. Uh, <laughs> that, that'll show them. Yeah, we got them. But back to a Christmas story, long detour. Uh, yeah. Gene Shepard went to uh, Warren G. Harding Elementary and lived on Cleveland Street, the same as Ralphie. Uh, the role of Mr. Parky, uh, Parker, Ralphie's dad, who I said is never named in the movie, just the old man, was offered to Jack Nicholson. Really? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't work. Well, yeah. Well, it's Now, from what I've heard, uh, he liked, he read the script, he liked it, but the movie company wouldn't give him the money to get Nicholson. And I, and the director was like, Oh, Gavin. Um, now I have to find his actual Darren Gavin. McGavin. Uh, yeah, Darren um, and I, th I think, and now I can't picture anybody else, but that guy, no. but of, of course it's decades of watching this guy play that role. But I just, you know, I can't see Jack Torrance from the shining playing right. the dad, you know, from a Christmas story. Uh, that yeah, would be him. Uh, him swearing at the Bumpus's dogs would be very different if it was Jack Nicholson. <laughs> um, but, the, you know, the producers were worried uh, Nicholson's uh, typically large salary re request, so they went with McGavin. And by the way, for most of my life, I thought Darren McGavin from A Christmas Story was also Mr. Howell from <laughs> Gilligan's Island. I can see that. And it, I, I just looked up his name. Of course, it's not. Uh, but for for a while, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's Mr. Hal." Was How it that Jim not Backus? Be? 
I think something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's Jim Backus. He was also the voice of Mr. Magoo. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I wish you would have told me that last week on uh, the Christmas specials episode. Oh, I wasn't invited. Yep. That sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Christmas story inspired the creation of the wonder years. And when you think about that, with the narration of, uh, Whoever did that, I don't know who did that narration, but... uh, Uh, That was um, the guy that was one of the wet bandits in uh, Home Alone. Um, Daniel Stern. Yeah, Daniel Stern did that. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's weird when you hear a voice and you're like, yeah, how did I not know that for decades? Um, I did not know that. No. Uh, For anyone keeping count, Ralphie says he wants a Red Ryder BB gun 28 times throughout the course of the movie, which is approximately... One every three minutes and 20 seconds. And for those of you who are parents out there, you know, that's not nearly often enough to make (laughs) it realistic. Um, About once every 30 seconds would be about how often a child's going to ask for some shit you don't want to (laughs) buy. This is like that perfect movie where I'm sure like Red Rider was like, was not like, oh, put our thing in your movie. But what a great way to sell to move some product is have True. this movie every year for 24 hours. And I, I don't, you know, I've not uh, been Red Rider shopping in many years. I own one from when I was a kid, of course, because of this movie. My son, uh, no thank, thanks to uh, mom's seventh ex-boyfriend, owns a Red Rider BB gun. <laughs> I have, uh, still in the box, I have... 50 feet away from me, <clears throat> a brand new Red Rider BB gun um, that I got. I worked the um, the Grove Comedy Club in Rogers, Arkansas, and downtown Rogers, or I think it's downtown Lowell, one of the two, is the Daisy BB Gun Museum. And the owner of the club, we went through that museum, and the owner bought me a Red Rider BB gun. Really? Have yeah. you shot it? No, it's still in the box. Oh, I'd I'd be playing with that thing all day long. And my 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 walls would have so many whole BB gun <laughs> holes in it from fucking around with a BB gun. Like I'm not even kidding. I got BB gun right here. Like that's how See, much I like BB guns. When when I was a kid, I wanted. I is that a marksman? Is that the it brand? is. Yeah. Okay. I want. I had that. It's just an air gun, right? Yeah. When I was it's a, kid, a spring I, it's a spring loaded air gun. Okay. It's not it's not like a it's not the CO2 cartridge. See, I wanted the CO2. Yeah, that's the one that hurts people. This won't even put a hole in a can. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted I wanted BB guns so bad when I was a kid and just ne- never have. I finally bought one of those marksmans and um, you know, I just want to play cops and robbers more than anything. <clears throat> I I do remember my brother and I having either uh, the Red Riders or the the pump action, whatever the pump master, whatever they were yep. called, yes. uh, shooting each other in the backyard, uh, <laughs> which we both got hit. But thankfully, it was like body shots and not like a face. <laughs> then you know, just for the rest of your life, you had to be like, oh yeah, this scar right here, BB gun. Not even a cool story. <laughs> well, that's how. That's why when I was a kid. In the summertime, we wore blue jeans everywhere because we were all savages and we would shoot each other with guns and throw 
lawn darts at each other and everything else. Like, uh, no, I'm not wearing short shorts here and getting all scabbed up in the summertime. So we, yeah, we we had, we had a couple guys, our kids in our neighborhood that would get a running start with a Hot Wheel track and take a swing at you at full, you know, full gate. And no, you needed to have some some uh, denim covering your legs. Yeah, those lawn darts didn't have a good rep. Like no. the story of like some guy threw somebody threw it over a house and it went through a girl's head. Wasn't that the there story? Was, there was all kinds of it. And then then they outlawed them for a while. And then when they brought them back, they did them where there was no point. It was just like a, a, a rounded. Le- so it was now just blunt force. It's still lead coming from a high velocity. I mean, and, you know, Greg Morton has the best impression of the of the lawn dart thing. You, you've seen that, have you, Brent? Yeah, yeah, where it uh, he throws it and then takes yeah. the mic and just lands on his head <laughs> and, and cries head and does that shriek. It's amazing. <laughs> but, you know, nowadays all that's gone away, and now you just play in Indiana. It's you know, called cornhole. I'm sure it's yeah, bags everywhere else. Um, we used to on the lawn jarts. We didn't have any, but both sets of grandparents did. And what we would do is, you know, you had the two yellow circles, the hoops that you were yeah. aiming for. One of us would stand at one end and the other one would stand at the other end by the hoop. And the one would throw all of them. And then you would be down there. So you didn't have to keep walking back and forth. And you'd throw all six back at him at, or eight and then just go back and forth, just throwing yeah. long charts. But like counting points and stuff, but like just standing a foot behind where this missile <laughs> and we never got hit. But it was like looking back, it's like, how did our parents let us do that? Well, they were because they were drinking. They were well, busy drinking and smoking. They're like, man, we could use one less. That would really help the budget. <laughs> like, yeah. We could go down again. Really, the 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 lawn dart game was actually an investment. It's like, well, it's going to cost us $29, but we lose that one kid. <laughs> we are money ahead. <laughs> yeah, we um, we also had uh, – I grew up – and we had a croquet set. Did you have that, Oscar? Uh The grandparents did. Yeah, that – another game, total pain in the ass to set it up. It takes forever. You got to have the right – you know, the right lawn for it. I don't you really know how you have to mow the lawn for it. I'm not you got to mow the lawn. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we got we we thought the kids were playing too many video games and stuff, so we got a bunch of lawn games. Croquet being one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had the game for uh, two years now. We've played as a family three times. We have completed zero of those games, and all three of them have ended in various tears throughout the and kids running from the yard into the house in tears. <laughs> uh, the first time we played, less than seven minutes. We played croquet for less than seven minutes, and it ended in two kids crying and screaming, and in the house in the rooms. So it's it's very much you know you can't have a golf course in your yard. So what's the next best thing? Let's put these right metal hoops up. Yeah, it's Um, it's it's all fine until you get one kid hits the other kid's ball, and then they get to do that thing where they put the ball next to their ball. And you yep. whack it as hard as you can. Well, surprisingly, those things can go like 200 feet if you hit them hard enough. Sure. <laughs> and man, the kids get mad when you do that to them. Have, have your kids yeah. asked for a, a, a Red Rider BB gun or another product that was featured in a movie? 
lots of stuff featured from TV. Like my son loved Ben 10, which mm-hmm. is this kid who can turn into animals. Yeah. And we argued at a Toys R Us for a good hour because he wanted to buy this with $30, this thing that goes on your wrist that this kid would wear that would turn him into an animal. I'm like, dude, it's not going to turn. He's like, I understand that. And he spent the $30. We come home, he puts it on, he hits it. He doesn't transform into an animal. <laughs> he cries for the next two hours. I'm like, I told you the thing was a piece of shit. What do you want? <laughs> oh, it was like three, including the car ride back and forth to Toys R Us. It was a miserable four hours over this. <laughs> he insisted on having. I'm sure there are more, but to me, the one that sticks out is Home Alone 2 with that talk back thing. The talk boy, yeah. Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. And, and I eventually never got one. And I, you know, of course, <laughs> now I don't, I don't regret it. But at the time, you're like, if I could just be like, Kevin McAllister, I could fend off my house. Or... Right. You just got an old paint can. That's all you got. Yeah, and I had to hand the other paint can to the other, uh, the, to the <laughs> robber, so we could talk back and forth with the string. <laughs> um, yeah. We're talking about kids. One of the uh, young actors turned to a career in adult film, Scott Schwartz, uh, who played Flick? That's the kid who gets his tongue stuck to the frozen pole. Yeah, uh, it's a theme running through his life. Yeah, spent several years working in the adult film industry. In 2000, he turned his attention back to mainstream films, which I feel that's a hard to go from porn back to the other. Um, his most recent role was in Disco City Hot Dog Vendor, or as as Disco City Hot Dog Vendor in 2017, in the movie Vape Wars, which. We can make Maybe fun of that all, all you want, but I I will be Disco City hot dog vendor. Oh, absolutely! If Are nothing else, me? for the hot dogs. <clears throat> but I, I did look up some of the uh, movies that Scott Schwartz was in. Uh, just the titles alone, he uh, was in the movie called "The Devil in Miss Jones Six. Oh, all right. He played the slaughterhouse schmuck. Uh, Booby Trap, where he played Agent Big Knob. <laughs> and that those were the, the funniest ones. Was uh, Agent Big Knob was my favorite. Sounds like a WWE character. Get him, Big Knob. Yeah. Get the big boss man. <laughs> Gotta have Big Knob. <coughs> I like it when uh, the, the porn actors, there's no guessing on what part is big. Right. <laughs> But they're going to throw a knob in there anyway, just in case you were. Yeah, because Big Hog was taken. Well, and plus, they're serious actors. They're thespians. And that... Yeah. With, with, That's with, just the girl-on-girl stuff. I know. <laughs> uh, the uh, famous Oh Fudge scene, uh, he was actually saying fuck. Really? Yeah. Which I can okay. appreciate. Because I Absolutely. know on like South Park, they'll have them, you know, it, you could see Trey Parker holding his kid and, you know, it's a little kid talking, but they'll be like, say, instead of fuck, they'll say, you know, fudge or, you know, like this movie and then they'll bleep it, but it sounds like fuck anyway. Right. Um, any any scenes that you guys want to talk about or stand did out? You, I've got more stuff. But. Did anyone, uh, have you known anyone who's done the stick the tongue to the pole thing? Uh, my friend uh, Amanda didn't do it to a pole, but it was a phone booth back when 
phone booths are around. Ooh. And she got her tongue stuck That's even to... grosser. Yeah. Right. In today's world, definitely don't put your tongue to a phone booth. <laughs> because <laughs> that homeless people are pissing in this now and... Yeah, and also, if you're somewhere with a phone booth, that's probably not the best area. No. Not a <laughs> no. Or area code. Yeah. Um, I've never done it. Have you done it, Oscar? Uh No. Uh, luckily, I I mean, I think we've all done the, you know, eat a piece of ice and it sticks to your tongue for a yeah. minute until your mouth warms it up or whatever. But, no, I, I, I read that... Uh, his tongue wasn't even stuck to the pole. They had like a hole in the pole and it had like a suction to it that sucked his tongue into the pole to make it look like it was stuck to the pole. Really? Which in my mind, it's like when you go to the dentist and they have that sucker thing that sucks all the spit yes. out while they're... So in my mind, it's like one of those things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, huh. But I thought it was really stuck. Like, I mean, it, it looked, looked believable. Yeah, it looked real. And I think I read somewhere, I don't I don't know if I had the note written down, but in Hammond, Indiana, there's a tribute to that scene. I I think in the middle of the town square, you can see the kid with You should have saw that when you went to the you should when you went to the Weezer show. You should have went and looked at that. You know what? I wasn't really thinking about that at the time. I was more thinking about uh Weezer and how hard it was gonna rock to listen to the song Buddy Holly. You didn't want to go see the COVID poll and <laughs> Yeah, nowadays the thought of sticking your tongue on anything in public is just gross. Even people, yeah. like even yeah. even random that are hot, I still don't want to <laughs> stick my tongue on them. You, you go fav- the JFK method and don't kiss them. My uh, my favorite scene that, and I've wanted to do like I flash to it so many times when I have like road rage or when I'm in a store, when Ralphie finally stands up to that kid. Oh, to Scott Farkas. Yeah. And, and, and I even refer to it now as going Christmas story on somebody. <laughs> like, I'm like, Oh man, I just want like, like I've never been in like a real fist fight. And I honestly feel like if I ever was in one, that's how it would go. I would be just see red and just be like, ah! <laughs> just start wailing the fuck out, and like go way beyond what's necessary and just just wail the fuck out of somebody over like a bent fender, and everybody's yeah, like, Jesus Christ, yeah, God damn it, dude! Yeah, Long you know, time coming. You're getting twenty years of not fighting anybody, right? So, <laughs> uh, I do I like that. Go ahead, Matt. I, I was just gonna say I think the scene that I like is when he when he goes to finally see Santa and he says what he wants. He won't say what he wants, and then he gets on the slide to go down, and he stops himself, and he's climbing back up the slide, and then says he wants the Red Rider BB gun, and then when Santa says to shoot his eye, and then taps his head with his foot, and he slides down, and then the parents come and pick him up, and they're just both laying in the fake snow at the end they're just motionless there's something about that i think it was a great scene and i do love that part where uh, i think it's his brother or another kid just that cry that where yeah. like and obviously i can't do it on the podcast because it'll mess up the audio but just a, ah, like that <laughs> where you're like you could just put this kid on an ambulance and people would get out of the way um also 
I just appreciate because we have a mutual friend that is Santa Claus, uh, yeah, Dave Wilson. But just how much you have to be on the whole time you're Santa Claus. There's no like, you know, having a bad day when you're Santa. No, no. And so, do you guys? I, I I'm sure I've told you guys this, but when I was a kid, I, no, actually, when I was an adult. My mom, she she used to sew quite a bit. And so she made like Christmas stockings for people, you know, over the holidays. Well, she made <clears throat> two Santa Claus suits. So she had two full Santa Claus suits, bought the beards and the wigs and all that kind of stuff. And then she would rent them out to like Christmas parties and stuff. So she would put an ad in the, new, in the local newspaper, usually the week, week of Thanksgiving from then through like the week before Christmas, she'd run this ad for the Santa Claus suits. And she named... In the ad, she said it. She called it Ho 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 Incorporated because it was me, her, and my brother Chris that lived at home. The last name is Holt, so there's three of us. So Ho 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 Incorporated, right? So start at once she placed that ad. Once she placed that ad, if the phone rang at our house and if we didn't answer the phone, Ho 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 Incorporated, we were in deep shit with mom. So we had one phone in the house. There was no no phone in any other room but the kitchen. And the phone ring, we'd run in to answer the phone, and she's sitting in the, in the kitchen reading a paper, having a cup of coffee, and you'd be like, hello, and then she'd stare at you, and then you'd, in, the, you'd in the middle, you'd go, hello, ho, 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 incorporated. <laughs> My friend's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What are you doing? How old were you? Probably, pro- that probably started at 16. I would have never answered the phone again. <laughs> I've been so traumatized. <laughs> Get the phone. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> well, that, that also like all you know depends on the person answering. And you said hello, and then immediately they'd be like, "I'm not dealing with these people. These these amateurs. Yeah, they don't answer <laughs> the phone in a professional manner. Me renting this suit out of the newspaper. <laughs> Did you? Ever, Oh, I was going to say, my brother actually is a larger fellow, and he, every year, I don't even think people pay him. I think all they got to do is ask him, and he'll go by their house, you know, the week before Christmas and, like, you know, bring presents to the kids or, you know, stop in and say hi on Christmas Eve and shit uh, with different families. And uh, he absolutely loves that shit. I wouldn't do that and <laughs> like... No, I was at the the Indiana State Fair. I'm not trying to brag, guys, but I was at the fair, <laughs> and this guy with the Santa beard, a skinny guy, comes up to me and hands me a card, older guy, and he's like, hey, I'm the president of the Indiana chapter of Santa Clauses, and you should join us. And I was like, that's not a compliment <laughs> at all to be like, hey, hey there, young Santa Claus. <laughs> Dude, it, <laughs> you do have that young Chris Kringle look from the, is it Frosty Chris, the Snowman? Santa Claus or? is coming to town. Oh, Santa Claus is coming to town. I could see yeah. that look. No, I could, um, I could be the hip young Santa. Okay, so this past June, I'm like, nobody's going to be going to Santa this year. I'm going to start a Zoom Santa. I'm going to get a fucking Santa hat. People can call me with their kids. We'll Zoom so I'm like, fucking, I'm going to be a millionaire. I can quit my job. All right, let's do this. I call my computer buddy guy. I go online. 
there were already like 900 Zoom oh. Santa sites. ZoomSanta.com was already taken. Zoom with Santa, Santa with Zoom, uh, StreamYard Santa, every Santa thing. I was like, oh, apparently I'm not as brilliant as I thought I was. If you well, look it's on a good idea. No, it's it's a good idea. And yeah. realistically, the numbers work out where you could have your own Santa business. You're not going to be able to get to everybody, you know? Right. Um, but I if guess. you look on Cameo, which I'll just look at that app because I'm on it and I'll yell at your friends for free. Not for free. I don't want to say that. Uh, <laughs> it costs money. Uh, but you look, there's like all kinds of different, there's like, there's bad Santa. There's a puppet Santa. There's, oh, I th- really? you know, I think there's like a Hawaiian, like luau Santa. So, and especially nowadays with not being able to go to the mall or, you know, I don't know if you should, but uh, people want to get messages from Santa. Yeah, I, I thought I was so like, oh, I, I'm beating the, you know, everybody to the punch on this. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm predicting six months ahead of time, nobody's going to, no, I, w- I was not beating anyone to the punch at all. Now, Matt, with with those renting out those uniforms, did they ever yeah. come back like less than what? what Soiled. You, yeah. No, well, not, not that I'm aware of. I mean, my mom was the type where, She'd rent them out. She had kind of the same people every year that would get them. But then she often wouldn't charge when they'd bring them back. Or, or she'd charge like $10 for the rental. Mm-hmm. She made them because she wanted to, people to enjoy them. She never made a, do- a dollar off of any of it. And, I mean, the wigs alone were a few hundred dollars. I remember that. Whoa. And so then we would have, at the end of every season, she would take the wigs and the beards to a stylist to have them cleaned and you know, taken care of. But um, no, as far as I know, we never had any mishaps. Now, one year I used to work for AT&T with my brother. Uh, We, for our Christmas party one year, he and I showed up in the Santa Claus suits. They they didn't know who we were. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of fun. We had a good time with that. Um. I well, our our mutual friend Dave uh, does Santa Claus, and I just have talked to them him about the uniform. And I guess you know, I'm sure there are different levels of uniform. But sure. What he said, at least the boots, because you could get like the shoes and then have the covers over them. That's what Mom made. Yeah, she had the yeah. toppers. But apparently, you know, I don't know. I think it's expensive because they're like real Santa boots, quote yeah. unquote. And you you're spending like over you know, $200 on these boots. Oh yeah. I mean, I remember you, we used to get the JC Penny catalog, right? And there was the JC Penny catalog and there was a store called service merchandise and they had a catalog, but the JC Penny catalog every year, if you went to the back for the back of the book, you could order Santa Claus suits, Santa, Santa Claus costumes. And they were like four different levels. There was like a, a basic and then a good, better and best or a deluxe or whatever. And, you know, even back then, and we're talking about probably 1980, 81, 82, something like that, those Santa Claus costumes, probably the, the deluxe one was probably $500, and that was 40 years ago. But so I get, there's definitely money in it. But if you're, you know, that you, I guess you want to have the high quality if you're going to have, you know, a thousand people sit on your lap. Right. And, well, which, and, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Back to the uh, the rage scene, Jeff. One of my favorite things in that scene, and what and it would get me to cry, which gets Ralphie to cry. But just 
the bully is be like, what are you going to cry now? Come on, cry. That shit would get me like, oh, you think you thought I was going to cry before? You better watch out. Now I'm definitely crying. (laughs) No, that's why I love that scene because I had been in that situation as a child so many times and not had the balls to do what he did. You know, Mm -hmm. just start crying and run the fuck home. And that was how I would handle it. Um, But that's why I love that scene. It was like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have had the balls to stand up to my bully and just whoop his ass, (laughs) go Christmas story on his ass. But And I read in that, with that scene that, you know, he's swearing, air quotes, swearing, but all that gibberish was scripted, I I guess. So they, they scripted it, which I, and I, and I have recently tweeted, but I love a Christmas. I don't watch a Christmas movie unless it's got fake swearing in it. <laughs> so you've got Joe Pesci, you know, slipping on the ice and, uh, and falling around. And then the dad from the Christmas story and Ralphie, I'm sure there are tons more, but I just love fake so swearing. So it's like, you probably have an artificial tree too. You like, you don't want a real tree. You don't want real swearing. Nope. You, yeah. Now, did did either of you have a bully growing up? I did not. It would have been, my, you know, my brother was the closest I had to that. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, there was no real bully. I But also, that's why I think, you know, I'm funny because I could just funny my way out of getting bullied. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never had one particular bully. I, I just had random, you know, kids being dicks kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But no, you know, I think actually in high school I had, which is hilarious because the dude was like a third the size of me and I was terrified of him. And he would every every day in the hallway, just through all the kids walking through the halls of Ron College, you'd just hear, $2, Oscar. I want my two dollars, Asuke. And I had never seen the movie, and so I just thought this kid was like shaking me down for two dollars for two years. <laughs> like I had no idea that it was like from a movie and shit. What I, movie is that from, Jeff? From um, Better Off Dead. Yes, Better Off uh, Dead. Okay. Where this great bully movie. chases this kid around and demands two dollars from him for the entire movie. That's he's the, he's the um, he's the paper boy. Oh yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, he's chasing him down for the for the money for the paper. I was a paperboy that movie came out, so yeah, oh, very okay. close to home. I but just I had that... no idea what it was from until like ten years later. And yeah. I was like, Oh, that's what that guy was doing when I saw that movie. I was like, Oh, that's what he was doing. But he terrified the shit out of me. In I your mean, mind it was just the hallway tax or something. Yeah, oh yeah. He, he, <laughs> well, that's about I think what a lunch went for at Ron Colley at that time was two bucks. Mm-hmm. So it was like he was shaking me down for my lunch money. Yeah. That's a, that's the quintessential having your lunch money stolen, but you know, I've never seen anybody get their lunch money stolen anymore. Now you just have to like have a card swiper. Yeah. yeah. I've been your number. <laughs> um, I, I have a friend who, um, this is a sidetrack real quick, but I had a friend who has a, uh, his son was 10 years old and he, every time he would go to like his parent teacher stuff, the teacher would be like, you know, your son Logan is such a nice kid. Like he brings me a muffin in the morning he drops a muffin off for me. He's he brought coffee for me from the cat. He's just such a kind kid. Come to find out, he knew her cafeteria code, 
and he was going and using she was buying her own shit he was just delivering it to her looking like he was the smoothest fucking kid in the world but yeah that's good i thought you were gonna say he's was just taking it from other kids no no she was paying for it well it's still not a nice gesture sure nonetheless um we have uh other scenes that i wrote down uh we we covered meeting santa claus that's where you get the gene shepherd cameo when they're walking in the in the uh dillard not dillard's but whatever it was higby's higby's yeah at the one ralphie walks up to the line and the guy says the line stops here it starts back there that's gene shepherd oh, okay that's the cool. author and once you know that you can hear in his voice oh that's the guy that's been narrating the whole time yeah oh okay that um, sense. And I just, and it's something that has been lost on me for years, but the whole thing of, you know, everybody says, you'll shoot your eye out, you'll shoot your eye. And then eventually when Santa says it, it's just that running joke where, you know, the guy, the kid in the, you know, and whatever movie, that style of joke, somebody's going to get shit on at the, the very end of that joke, you know? Yeah. Well, um, and uh, apparently the, original script only has that in it once the you'll shoot your eye mm -hmm. out but they love the phrase so much they turned it into a running gag throughout mm -hmm. the entire movie yeah and then eventually you know he almost shoots his eye out and his, and his response is oh my god i shot my like this pays <laughs> off i shot my eye yeah <laughs> and i will uh, say this there's something very uh very rewarding about that scene where he gets the gun He's so excited, runs out, and it, and it goes badly immediately. <laughs> yeah, like, when you look I haven't at had that with Christmas gifts as a kid, where I break it immediately or something stupid happens. That was a pretty, uh, uh, yeah, pretty connected scene for me. Like nowadays, it would be getting the drone out of the box, setting it up, and then having it go straight into the ceiling fan. Yeah, <laughs> that's essentially. Yeah, and when you look at him shooting the target, it's it's hung on a metal sign. You're like, how? <laughs> Of course, this is going to go bad. <laughs> right. Frozen metal sign. Yeah. Um, also, the just the oh fudge scene, because I was telling my wife last night, I was like, so this mom is terrified and horrified that her son has said fuck when the dad, the whole movie has been down in the basement <laughs> swearing nonstop. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, true. And... Uh, one of my favorite things about the movie is the mom. Mm -hmm. Like she is so the typical, like she nails moms of that generation. Like everything is going to shit and every, but she's just, she's got, she's got a million things going and she's keeping it all in order. She's got an insane fucking husband. She's mm -hmm. trying to keep under wraps. She's got, you know, kids she's trying to keep fed and warm and, and she's trying to stay positive and positive and then eventually just fucking snaps. <laughs> like it's, it, she reminded me a lot of my mom, like trying to just find the good in everything and the positive and then just eventually just being like, I can't take this. I shit. can't do this anymore. <laughs> you get that breaking point. And I think even in the movie, it's like my mom had not had a hot meal in 10 years yeah. or whatever it was. And it's so, interesting too, like they don't really talk about like, the the little brother is just sitting in the cupboard eating he's just <laughs> like that's such a great scene because it never is mentioned why he's sitting in the cupboard it's just she just opens it and he's down there with a plate like i just love how ridiculous that is 
um yeah it's i agree i think the, I think the mom is a, is a star in that movie well and then uh the other thing that i read was that if you look at everything in their when they're eating it's always meatloaf and cabbage so yeah. like if they're eating in the movie it's always the same meal which i it's just funny to me that it's <laughs> the same meal every time one other thing about the mom i like is she never she never varies her character it's always very very straight and when she calls the other mom to tell him about the swearing <laughs> and on the phone she's like what, what? She's, what? that's so always great. Uh, and then she's like, "Do you know where he heard the that word?" And you could just hear his father. <laughs> no, just to hear the kid getting beat on the other side of the the phone. Uh, and then my other favorite scene, I had it written down, is just uh, now this plays a special part in my life because our neighbors across the street have German shepherds, and I like dogs, but you can hear them bark non-stop and you can look across the street and when they're barking their their windows will vibrate yeah with the barking so they have become the bumpuses <laughs> uh, that's awesome yeah so that's that we I don't i've never met these people but that we're like we'll be like oh yeah did you see what the bumpuses brought home the other day that's how we refer to those people um well and the Christmas story is responsible for everyone in for the last, I don't know, uh, 30 years uh, or 20 years. Uh, anytime they see the word fragile, uh, yeah. pronouncing it fragilely, uh, yeah. or however they pronounce it, each person does it wrong every time. And, Fragile. Uh, uh, like I, I used to say, uh, isn't that French? And I believe they say Italian. Like I, I even get the wrong damn fucking language <laughs> on it. Like, but I mean, and every dad does that. Like it's, 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 it's priceless at every Christmas. Somebody's unwrapping a gift and you know, the box says fragile. Oh, fragile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the ultimate dad joke. Maybe the first ever dad joke. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that It's like a meme. Yeah. It was like the first meme. <laughs> well, I, well, I, mean, I Go ahead. Man. I had an office, and in my office, I had the leg lamp. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I've bought a leg lamp in the past. Well, I just I just bought mine last week, and uh, it comes. You can have it packaged different ways. Of course, I got the cheapest one, but the cardboard boxes say "fragile" on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Um, and I and I, if you're gonna buy one, I would suggest that you buy it from the Christmas Story house which we can talk about, but that's a, it's a real house in Cleveland where they shot the movie. They shot it in Cleveland, I think in Vancouver, but the house they shot in somebody uh, bought it. I mean, we can talk about it now. 2004, a guy bought the house on eBay for $150,000, spent 240,000 uh, rehabbing it. And now you could go take a tour through the house for uh this says and when i was there 10 bucks but i looked at their thing and it's 15 those greedy bastards ah. have upped it five dollars but that's wow. i you know i wasn't able to to go there again for the past couple of years so you can buy it on amazon but i would say buy it from the christmas story house so i bought mine yeah i bought mine from like a spencer gifts or something like that when i bought it so you've toured the house yeah yeah when i um i think i did hilarities in cleveland um, and it's, I think it's open all year round, 
they own something. I don't know if it's another house across the street. The fire engine from the movie is there. Um, then I think they own the house next door. So the Bumpus's house. Oh, and cool. you can take tours. And I want to do this, but I looked at the prices and I was like, geez, but you can stay overnight in the Christmas story house as well. Oh, oh that's wow. sweet. So you can tour it and you know, you, they've got the living room, pretty much how everything is set up is, is how it is in that house. Um, you can go in the kitchen and you've got the little cupboard, the doors open where Randy should be. Uh, you've got <laughs> the shed back, back, uh, in the back, you've got the, the beds upstairs. It's pretty much how you want it. Uh, how it was in the movie and they even had the little soap on the uh, by the phone that you can I don't know how many people put it in their mouth but you can get a picture yeah. with it so so what that boil down to about dollar a minute for the tour <laughs> no it was actually like one of the for ten dollars I would do it again it's a I would say a better value than the rock and roll hall of fame wow what well, yeah. how much is Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? A thousand dollars now? No, I, I think don't know. it's. I, I think it's. Um, I think I paid thirty dollars to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But then again, you also have to like the movie. If you don't give a shit about it, then you're not going to care, right? About True. it. Um, but yeah, I would definitely. You know, it's ten or fifteen dollars. It's you know going to be cheap, cheaper than doing most things in a big city. <laughs> I'm I'm on the website right now and I'm looking at the Christmas Story house. Rates to to stay overnight start at one hundred ninety five dollars an hour. Okay, I saw I saw a different one. One ninety five is is doable. It's a lot of yeah. money, but yeah. it's a pair of Santa boots. I'll say that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, although here it says, like in twenty twenty, like January one to January five, it's a thousand dollars a night. That's Whoa. I mean supply and demand. Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, it's three thousand dollars. Dude, if you're a millionaire, what the fuck's that? Hey, we're gonna go do Christmas at the Christmas Story House. What's three thousand bucks? Then I think you can stay in the Bumpus's house too. But I don't, you know, they never show that, so who knows what that that could be anything? Total shovel. Yeah, it smells like dog piss. Um, (laughs) I think we lost it in the Bumpus's house. My other favorite thing is how big of a crate is delivered for that tiny ass little yes. lamp in it. It's just yes. that is so comically well done that like you're, oh my god, what is this? The front of a forty two Ford? Like it's, it's gigantic. And then you know he's he's climbs in the box and he's yeah. just ripping shit out for this tiny little fucking lamp. And then uh, and then the boys just feeling it up. Just <laughs> so great. right in front of mom and dad, just ooh, yeah. stockings. Those look good. <laughs> wow. I, <laughs> wow. I did read that that the logo was based off of knee high. I think I'm saying it right. The, it was a soda, knee high, and uh, you can Google it, and it's a leg. For some reason, it's a leg logo, but the the lamp was based off that. No. Oh. Um. But, but was it made just for the show? I, th- I think that's my understanding. And they had three different replicas of that and they all got broken over the course of filming, you know, to get that scene right. But uh, just the, the tension between the mom and the dad was, yeah. of course he loves the lamp. And then as soon as he goes outside, there's a crowd of people <laughs> and she's just standing in the window embarrassed, which I guess back in the thirties and forties, you know, 
to show a leg like that or whatever. But nowadays it's like, oh, they j- they only showed the leg. Thank God. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that that's a great scene where he's making her readjusted in the window. <laughs> he's having her move it over so it looks better. <laughs> and then of course she used all the glue on purpose. That's a go-to line that I'll just say to people that nobody will get it. You used up all the glue on purpose. That's right. It was like it was a coup on your leg lamp, Dad. <laughs> uh, the other the last fact, and then we can talk about whatever and wrap it up. But uh, when Ralphie during the flashback scene uh, shooting the bandits, they gave him real chewing tobacco. <laughs> really? Yeah. So he was, I think, twelve at the time of filming. That let's just give the kids some chewing tobacco when Ooh. nobody nobody's gonna watch this movie and be like, "Hey, that's not real tobacco." I'm surprised he handled it that well. I, I agree. Um, I was probably in third or fourth grade, and I was at my brother's baseball game, and my next-door neighbor, he was chewing Red Man uh, out of the pouch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, can I have some of that? And he goes, ask your dad. And I go, hey, can I have some of that? My dad's like, yeah, knock yourself out. <laughs> and, and so he gives me some, and he, I go, what do I do? And he goes, oh, you just put it in your cheek. And I put it in my cheek, and I'm sitting there on the bleachers for a minute. And, like, immediately your mouth starts mm. salivating. And I'm just sitting there just swallowing, swallowing. And, like, two minutes in, he goes, oh, and whatever you do, don't swallow the juice. <laughs> and I'm like, I've just been swallowing nonstop for the last two minutes. Like, I can't swallow enough. And he's uh, about two minutes after that, I was behind the bleachers, vomiting my guts out yeah. all over as all the men laughed in my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you turn green from it. And oh, I got disgusting. so sick. I was like, within, within, Putting it in, within five minutes of it entering my mouth, I was vomiting my entire collection of innards out onto the back of the bleachers. It was. I um, I tried it around the same time, and it's disgusting. And then later, I tried those. Remember the skull bandits? Oh yeah. That were the little pouches like that were supposed to be better. It's same thing. It's gross, and you. Sw- it's. I don't know how people do it. So. Well. Uh, Peter Billingsley uh, paid, played Ralphie. Said he got really dizzy, sweating. His lips started burning. He, this is a twelve-year-old kid trying to film a movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to earn a living, people. Yeah. Uh, so, did you wow. guys either have a need to go back and and chew anymore? <laughs> no, no, I don't understand the the appeal of it at all. Like, I don't know how you get used to that. Yeah, yeah. I, we used to do the the bandits in eighth grade. We would do them in class yeah like we would hand the 10 around and all the boys would have like a school bandit in during and, class and like when you get into that wintergreen shit like i love the smell of it but i could never do it yeah like i like to smell somebody smoking a pipe but i don't want to do it and i don't actually i don't want to be around it because then people are just gonna be like oh yeah you smell like my grandpa you should have a room <laughs> you should you should have a roommate that smoked a pipe that's fun to walk in walk into it's like what what's happening you solving a mystery here Who, who's <laughs> the guy that the did the Sav- saturday evening post who's the, that painter yeah very much <laughs> yeah 
Um, so I, I mean, we could wrap it up on that. Any final thoughts on this guys? Well, I mean, what do you, is that, is that your favorite Christmas movie? I think, or holiday I think so. Movie. Let's say holiday movie. I, well, I say Christmas. We say Christmas in this house, Matt. Well, no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying for the season, like for instance, my favorite holiday movie, which is more of the Thanksgiving movie is planes, trains, and automobiles. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite holiday movie of all time. I feel like, uh, you know, there's so few Thanksgiving movies that now, it, yeah, I, to me, Christmas starts at Thanksgiving, you know, okay. so it's all lumped yeah. in together. But I would say Christmas Story is probably my favorite Christmas movie, I think. I'd have to if, there was a t- if there was a museum that was based on the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, I would pay $10 to go through it. I don't care what it was. I saw Steve Martin in the airport once, so I, I consider that. Did it cost you $10? Yeah, I gave him $10. I said, Mr. Martin, I'm such a fan of your work. <laughs> good call. $10. Good call. I can't uh, think of a better Christmas movie off the top is, of my head. Like, I think the other one would be like Christmas Vacation, but the, I've only watched that in the ooh. past five years, like all the way through. I knew yeah. I had seen it, you know. But not like sat down to watch it, if that makes well, sense. Well, that one, that one is a lot like what Oscar said earlier. That one to me is so out of. I don't know how what what order it goes in. For mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely the same about that one too. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, I've not seen It's a Wonderful Life. You've never seen it at all. <laughs> no. I mean, no. I like it, but it's you know, it's, it's old. Yeah, it's, it's very. It's, it's a wholesome movie. My girlfriend loves Christmas a lot, and that's her favorite Christmas movie. And I've never seen it, and uh, I've been I've been informed that that's going to change. So, oh, I, I mean, I I liked it, but I I'm also a guy that you know enjoys old black and white movies if they're good. You know, so many of that right. shit is so much of that shit is just a bad movie in general. I don't know what else. I I mean, now a holiday favorite for everybody would be Elf. I like Elf, but it's not my favorite movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, the same- Christmas Story is way better than Elf. Yeah, I think so too. Well, and they've yeah, also, I, I have to like actually sit down and watch it because I think it was on and I just was in and out of the room, but they had a Christmas Story too, uh, much like this podcast with a reunion. I'm sure not great. Uh, but also, one of my other favorite ones has starring uh, Charles, I think, Grodin is My Summer Story which is very much in the style of a Christmas story. I think also directed by Bob Clark. And I just remember like the big battle in that scene is the kids had tops, you know, those tops you would wrap a string around yeah, and then throw. That's kind of the climactic scene. Cause he's on a quest to find a top where he can beat this other kid. So huh. I, I love Charles Grodin. Uh, real quick, uh, back to elf, uh, Peter Billingsley is in Elf. He's one of the elves uh, who is talking to – he's one of the head elves. And he also – I read that because, you know, when you're like, whatever happened to that guy or that kid, uh, I think he was producer or executive producer of Iron Man in 2000. Yeah, 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 he's definitely – he does movie production. Now, one question I have is about the um, flick that put his tongue on the pole that became a – a porn star. Mm-hmm. He he was in a few movies. It was about looking for tops as well. I think. <laughs> yeah, it was called Power Bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's about it. Unless you guys have final thoughts. No, I'm. Um, 
you know, I didn't think that I would watch this movie this year. And now you kind of talking about this has made me definitely feel like I'm going to have it turned on. How many leg lamps were uh, also, you're going to get turned on watching this movie with the, with the leg lamps, but how many leg lamps, Matt, would you give this movie? Uh, I would give it, I'd give it, uh, I'd give it five leg lamps. I think it's a classic. I think it's an iconic movie and you can't say that about too many people. You overuse that term, but I think it's very good. How many Red Rider BB guns would you give this movie, Jeff? Oh, uh, five. five okay. I, I would shoot out five people's eyes uh, <laughs> just to watch this movie. Uh, I would give it uh, five uh, bars of uh, Life Boy soap. <laughs> I like it. I like so, it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Do you guys have anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here? Um, not in this COVID world. <laughs> I don't have yeah. anything to plug. So just, uh, um, yeah, you can find, you can go to Perfecto Podcast Network and see the podcasts that I'm producing and putting out, but none of them are mine, but, but there's a lot of good content out there. Perfectopodcast.com, right? Perfectopodcastnetwork.com. Okay, cool. Jeff, anything? Oh, I got nothing. It was good. Uh, it was good. I, I think this reunion went better than the Happy Days one. I agree. I would say so. I'm, I, At I wouldn't least say it was well, good. Fuck Potsy. <laughs> if we could leave you with one message, fuck Potsy. Yeah, I think so. Thanks for I listening. So. It was a uh, good, good catching up with you guys. It's been too long anyway, so it's good to be in the, at least on a conversation with you guys. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next time here at the field trip.